You're listening to In It Together, the podcast. I'm Mark Herzen for Arun Roth this week. Today is February 18th, 2021, and coming up, a new food program in Boston pays restaurants to prepare and serve meals to women in need in the city. It's called Lunches on Us, and it's organized by Women's Lunch Place, a daytime shelter and advocacy center. Arun speaks with the organization's executive director, Jennifer Hanlon Wigan, ahead. But first, we start with the latest numbers from the state's Department of Public Health. The DPH is reporting roughly 1,800 new cases of the virus and 61 new deaths. This brings the total number of cases to more than 534,000 and the total number of confirmed deaths to roughly 15,400. And the test positivity rate landed today at 2.1%. With me now is Jennifer Hanlon-Wigan. She's the executive director of Boston Women's Lunch Place, a daytime shelter and advocacy center for area women. Jennifer, hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Arun. So first, could you give us a sketch of uh, what Women's Lunch Place is and the services you provide? Sure, so um, as you mentioned, we're a day shelter. We're located for the past 38 years on Newbury Street in Boston. Uh, We service women from the greater Boston area who are experiencing poverty and homelessness. We have a beautiful healthy meals program where we serve uh, nutritious and um, delicious meals. And we have uh, advocacy services that provide wraparound uh, support to women who uh, need help with things like housing, uh, legal issues, et cetera. And we also have a direct care uh, staff that meets women at the door, develops relationships, serves basic needs, a shower, a laundry, hygiene products, things that many of us take take for granted that we we have access to. And you launched a service called uh, Lunch is on Us. Tell us about that and and why you decided to launch it. Sure. Um, So we're we're very lucky. We have a wonderful community of supporters. And uh, we have a a supporter who, over the the holiday season, really wanted to um, increase his his impact. And we had a a chance to speak. And and he spoke about um, a difficult time in his family's life when he was a child and that he often um, wonders about what what would have happened to them, uh, his mother, a a single mother with two young boys, uh, had they not had a strong family support. And I hear that so often from uh, from our supporters. They they say things like, I I look at the pictures of the women on your website and I think, why isn't that me? And they often answer, it's just luck. So they were lucky they had a, a strong family or a mentor along the way. They didn't have mental health issues, or they, they somehow, you know, just know that they were um, supported. And so I think um, Chris uh, was active at the holiday season, and then wanted to take it a little further and discuss this idea of supporting restaurants and supporting Women's Lunch Place. And the restaurant community has been incredibly supportive of Women's Lunch Place over the years. Um, some of the top chefs in Boston have put on beautiful meals in our shelter to help us raise funds. Uh, Anna Sortoon and Joanne Chang and Jody Adams and many other people who are, have been supportive of us. So the idea is that he would make a donation and then gather other people to make donations to a restaurant to supply the, the, uh, the resources to produce 100 meals for us and that those meals would support our guests. And uh, it's grown. It's just in, it's gone gone from one or two restaurants to to multiple restaurants. And now we have 
the opportunity for people to participate, even if they can't supply the thousand dollars for a hundred meals, they can join a community pot to uh, become part of the fundraising effort as well. And we uh, had, we kicked off with uh, Myers and Chang, but we've involved other restaurants such as Toro, Banyan Bar, Mother Juice, Soloniki, Greek, and we have plans with uh, Flower Bakery and Scampo as well coming up. So a, a, a really wide net of uh, wonderful restaurants in Boston that are providing beautiful meals for our guests every every um, every week. That's brilliant. Tell us a bit about the the, the women who you serve. That that uh, you know, I don't give you hard to talk in 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 broad strokes about about people. We're talking about individuals, but as we're talking about the challenges that they're facing with food insecurity, can you tell us a bit about them? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we entered you know the year last year with. You know, knowing that our, our guests would uh, have many challenges ahead, but then with the onset of the COVID pandemic, it it really just took it into a new a new sphere. And and the gulf in food insecurity in the Boston area it quadrupled seemingly overnight. Uh, and so that was our first and, and and foremost effort was to get food to people who needed it. And there's a, you know, a lot of people who don't have the resources to access food, uh, whether they're in scattered site housing or uh, in, in various temporary shelters. And so while we initially had to turn all our, our services sort of upside down and pivot, we created a whole new system for uh, developing a meal plan to get food out into the community. And we're up to about 1,200 meals uh, a week that we're getting out what, what we call our community meals out the back door uh, while we're still serving about 180 meals uh, to guests at, at the site every day. So that was sort of our first outreach effort in the meals program. We also developed a uh, mobile food pantry for guests that were isolating in, in, in place as they should be. Many of our elder guests and uh, guests with medical compromise situations, we didn't want obviously out, out in the community unprotected as they were. So it was a, a big, shift in our food program. And I feel like this is another wonderful um, expansion of that, that effort to respond to the need in the community uh, that is with us with us now and, and into the foreseeable future as the sort of economic toll of this pandemic plays out. Well, what you're talking about just sounds like it adds a lot to to what you're already doing and the logistical challenges, you know, as you know, figuring out vehicles, drivers, all that kind of stuff. How, um, it, how have you managed through that? The, the logistics were, were quite uh, quite challenging, but I will say we, we did need to suspend. We have a very active volunteer corps and we really needed to suspend, needed to suspend their service when the depths of the uh, risks in, in terms of COVID became clear. But we, we were able, again, to partner with some of these um, restaurant friends and supporters of ours, and we were able to, to hire some restaurant workers. And believe me, they, they put me to shame in the kitchen, the way that they can uh, pr- produce food at such a rapid pace. So that really helped us in terms of being able to uh, ramp up our capacity in the kitchen. Very talented um, folks that we were able to hire. And um, the logistics was uh, a way for us actually to bring back uh, a number of our volunteers. We could do, they could do touchless pickup uh, at our back door and touchless delivery to uh, to folks who needed the resources. So it was a, a wonderful, actually, opportunity for us to re-engage uh, volunteers as well. That's great. You know, we, we've, we've talked on the show in, in many ways about how there are communities, individuals who kind of just get, get a, a 
double hit from from this pandemic that it, it seems that the uh you know for instance just talking about what we're talking about right now the people who who are um dealing with food insecurity seem like they get are, are being hit harder by this virus and now as, as we're getting into uh the our vaccination phase do you have any in, involvement with um plans for vaccine distribution or educating the, the, the community that you you serve about it yeah, so we have a, a wonderful partnership with Boston Healthcare for the Homeless Program. They're on site at the shelter five days a week uh, to provide free healthcare to our to our guests. And um, while we are, we are not organizing um, vaccinations, they are obviously uh, at the forefront of that effort uh, for the homeless community in Boston. So we um, we've offered our site uh, as a, as a as a location, um, but that isn't that isn't in the plans at this point. But they are a wonderful partner, active in um, not only providing the vaccine services, but they really work with us to educate our guests and to develop plans to engage engage our guests in services. You know, they're a, a fully qualified federal health center with primary care physicians and integrated um, physical and behavioral health uh, medical practitioners. So it's it's a real asset to us to have them uh, as as a wonderful collaborative partner. And um, you know, we we. We have in the in the past month or so instituted a, a sort of urgent uh, survey, urgent care survey for our guests. And similar to what you were saying, they they are reporting uh, increases in you know housing instability, uh, food security, inability to pay critical bills like utilities and prescriptions. Um, their their employment and their health, their physical and mental health, are being negatively uh, impacted by by this pandemic and and in fact almost 40 percent are reporting rental arrears so while food insecurity was the first wave and is not yet receding um the the housing issues are are mounting and we know that we're already seeing an increase in the number of women uh reaching out to us and that we are um interacting with at our at our front door uh that are going to be needing support in that area as well so that it's they really are linked when women are trying to decide if they're going to pay their rent or uh, or feed their family, those have to be some of the most difficult decisions anybody could face. Yeah, for for people who want to help either with donations or or with with, with their time, how can they find you? Well, they can find us uh, on the web at womenslunchplace.org. Again, that's womenslunchplace.org, and uh, we have many opportunities there to get involved. Whether you want to organize a group to support the um, Lunches on Us program, that would be a, a wonderful, a wonderful way to get involved. We also have uh, folks who um, will do drives for gift cards, where we can uh, help our guests access needed items at CVS or uh, or uh, use a local coffee shop, which gives them the opportunity not only for some sub substance and um, warmth, but also access to a restroom. Um, again, something that we, we take for granted that uh, somebody who's living on the street does not have as a guarantee that will be available to them. We also have a, a wonderful Mother's Day card campaign coming up this spring that we would love folks to get involved with. We have artwork that's produced by our guests in our creative expressions program featured in the card. And one card uh, for $25 is a beautiful gift to a mother or any women who in your life who uh, who you ad admire and, and would like to celebrate. And that $25 feeds one woman for a week at Women's Lunch Place. So it's a wonderful uh, way to get involved as well. Nice. Jennifer, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you. 
Arun, I really appreciate the opportunity, and I hope you can come uh, visit us at Women's Lunch Place soon. I'd like to do that. That's Jennifer Hanlon-Wigan. She's the executive director of Boston Women's Lunch Place, a daytime shelter and advocacy center for area women. Thanks for listening to In It Together, the podcast from GBH News in Boston. I'm Mark Hurst, in for Arun Roth this week. Our show is produced by Amanda Beeland. Our technical director is Bill Piacitelli. All music written and produced by Elio DeLuca. See you tomorrow, and remember, we're all in it together.